Hello and welcome to the 8th episode of Chatting Change, I'm your host Charlie Ashby. This week we're joined by our guest Bethany Favarg, who is the Operations Manager for Novus. Hi Bethany, how are you? Hi, I'm really good, thanks. Um, so how's your week been? Has it been alright? <laughs> We've had a super busy week this week. Yesterday we got together our sponsors at eight universities and we heard from some young professionals working uh, or soon to be working in supply chain for their third year placement so really exciting to hear from them about what um what makes a good placement and what they're hoping for out of their future careers in logistics so quite an uh, quite an inspirational day but uh, heavy on the organization so <laughs> always a bit tiring but worth it when you get to the end exactly yeah at least you get something really positive out of all the hard work definitely everybody goes away with a with a good feeling that's good then i guess my first question to you would be what is novus we are part of the chartered institute of logistics and transport uh, cilt for short which is the body that represents uh, anybody working in uh, logistics, the movements of goods, and also the transport arena, so the movement of people. Um, we really stand for applied industry relevant education. So we work across eight universities undergraduate courses in business, logistics, ops management, supply chain. And we work with the students on those courses to give them all of the industry relevance that we possibly can. So paid placements, site visits, mentoring, guest lectures, any time that we can get uh, an industry professional in front of our young people and emerging talent, that's what we're trying to do. So that, of course, at the end, after those four years, they come out uh, and uh, really hit the ground running, they're work ready and working in the supply chain field. That's, um, of course, not to say that you can't work in supply chain or logistics and be a history grad or a geography grad or not even a grad at all. Um, we are saying that we believe that that represents really good value for money for the uh, for the sponsoring companies to be able to have somebody who has a knowledge of supply chain has probably got at least 12 months worth of experience it can be anything really up to uh, up to 18 months if you factor in all of the placement opportunities that they will then um, reduce that time to value for a business hit the ground running and ideally be the supply chain professionals of the future that's uh, that's our aim it's quite a great goal to like look for, and I guess yep, try our best. Yeah, <laughs> I guess one of the one of the inspiring things about that is kind of, especially like universities. There's there's a lot of obviously you put all the hard work in, but sometimes there might not be like a placement for you somewhere. But what you guys offer is sort of a, someone to look up to in terms of whether it's a guest lecturer, and then also have the opportunity for them to show their skills off. Yeah, definitely. So we um, we guarantee our students a placement um, with one of our sponsoring companies. So that is a really powerful message to say how much the profession is investing in their future. Um, I think it's very easy to go to university and do a traditional three year degree with no work experience, a lot of reading and to come out very knowledgeable and very well educated. But in terms of the practical applied nature of, of that learning, that's then slightly uh, intangible, shall we say. 
Whereas with Novus and the commitment through our sponsors, uh, it means that we can really deliver on that promise to make them work ready, deliver on the promise of, of a guaranteed third year placement and make sure that these students feel that logistics is a really good fit for them, meaning that they're then more likely to stay in in the profession for years to come. Yeah, I suppose they get the best of both worlds then, so you get the knowledge and also the experience. Yeah, definitely, and it's paid. (laughs) Even better. (laughs) Yeah, we're not not after any free work experience. It's it's all paid opportunities over the summer as well if students choose to work over the summer. Um, and yes, no no cost to the students, no cost to the university. Our, our sponsors put in the uh, put in their sponsorship, um, which covers our running costs and our marketing costs. And uh, other than that, of course, under CILT, we are a not for profit. So it means that we can really invest that sponsorship back in getting the students out on site visits and uh, and all the good stuff that gives them as much experience of logistics as possible. And speaking of that, I guess my second question would be, how difficult is it recruiting the next generation of supply chain professionals? Difficult. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, we are very passionate about it, and any logistician will tell you what a great, uh, great profession this is to work in. But of course, the average uh, 16 to 18-year-old, never mind any younger, probably hasn't got a a great awareness of what logistics is and if there is an awareness it's often more at the pejorative end so um, dare we say the KFC chicken crisis um, (laughs) is perhaps their only awareness of logistics Uh, at a wider scale of course that means that a lot of people involved in young people's education so not only teachers but parents careers advisors etc their perception of logistics is that it's trucks and sheds it's driving and warehouse roles maybe picking and packing again horror stories of um people being asked to work on reasonable hours or people being asked to work at speed in warehouses and being very much um under the uh, under the watchful eye of targets and things like that that is absolutely a facet of our profession and I'd be lying if I said it wasn't but that's not where we hope that our students will go to so trying to enthuse a 16 to 18 year old even younger um, trying to enthuse parents teachers that supply chain represents fast-paced, well-paid, exciting careers and paint logistics as a preferred profession is a very hard sell against accountants, doctors, um, teachers, the the traditional professions. Um, that's that's our challenge and, and one that we we hope to rise to, but of course we'd like to see more numbers. Do you think that's a difficulty in the terms of like obviously you have to get the message out about logistics and that there isn't or is it as well the media the way that like you said some stories that come out like the kfc story or the dreaded uh, brexit word <laughs> yeah i mean to be fair the one thing that uh, if there is one thing that brexit's done particularly well it's got the word logistics in the media um uh, not that i'm necessarily thanking it for that <laughs> but uh, it is it, it has been good to talk about some of those challenges i think absolutely both of those things it's it's getting it out in front of young people and 
and when logistics isn't on the curriculum um, in any great sense, a little bit on the business studies curriculum, but not in any great detail, that it's really difficult for young people to, to get that hook, to get that interest, to think, I'm going to go away and find out more. You know, we don't know what we don't know. So why would you start looking for it? That's a real challenge. Um, and I think in terms of the media, absolutely, there's no, um, I don't know, Richard Branson or Karen Brady of the logistics world. Uh, we don't have uh, uh, a figurehead. We don't have, we have some great people doing good jobs well, but in terms of that getting into the into the public eye, that's really difficult to say, I want to become the next Richard Branson or Karen Brady. Um, we, we hear generic business. They are business people. Um, it would be great to be saying, you know, I want to be a logistician. And that means that we've got to have those role models sharing what they do well. Um, ideally, it's always nice to have a little bit of coverage in films, always makes it look quite sexy. Um, <laughs> you know, that's always nice because we we are the product of, of all of the things that we can pull together. And if we're not seeing it out there, then we don't know that it's an option for us. So many people then fall into logistics um, at a later date, having found out it's a it's a function um, because, you know, we're not going into supermarkets every day and going, my goodness, isn't this well stocked? You know, we just <laughs> take it for granted. So until we can be shouting about why it's a great profession to work in, um, those challenges will will be there. And certainly the lack of it being on the curriculum and the lack of uh, of, of coverage in in the media in a positive way is is absolutely contributing to that. Yeah, it's funny, like, before I started this job, I barely knew anything about logistics. Um, yeah. And I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say that I'm any terms, like, I know a bit more now, obviously, I've done my research, but it's actually fascinating how much we rely on it and how it's, like, the sort of the yeah. unsung hero of... It's what keep great. It's what keeps Great Britain moving, and I think you know. Again, we're very much looking trucks and sheds there. Of course, there's humanitarian aid, which is a huge function um, in in all kinds of different situations, whether that's a wartime situation or a natural disaster. You know, massive role played by logistics there because it's about getting things to the right place at the right time in the right quantity and of course at speed um the military has a very uh, well wonderful logistics function that covers um things like yes the physical logistics the physical movement but also things like catering so that's part of the logistics sphere um in the military because of course it's it's all of the things that keep the troops mobilized of which of which that is one fuel um again comes into logistics so it really is a wide spread of careers outside of trucks and sheds including trucks and sheds if that's your passion but <laughs> there are plenty of other things to do that we just have no awareness of because it all happens behind the scenes and, and we take our um journey of a amazon prime or a um john lewis parcel we take you know we take that for granted and a lot of the the dance that goes on behind the scenes in terms of the timings the quantities the stock the purchasing they're the bits that we never see okay so now that you've got some students involved and they're interested in the topic um, what can the industry do to retain these individuals in the field? 
That is a really good question. I think uh, one of the one of the challenges that not only logistics is is experiencing, but of course the world of employment in general, is of course we're now looking at a different generation coming into the workplace. So uh, millennials, that that kind of um, 1980-ish and then Gen Z coming up fast behind them, Gen Y, of course, now looking at jobs. And that's very, very different, a different style of work to um, how our parents and our parents' parents might have might have wanted to work. Gone are the days where everybody wanted one job for life and a, and a gold watch at the end of it. You know, our, it's, it's not that stable anymore. People don't have those opportunities, even if they did want them. So that's a real challenge. I think if we if we look at that millennial cohort, which is 81 to 95, so the uh, the real emerging talent coming into the first couple of years of management at the moment, they're a lot more entrepreneurial. They want to work with a company rather than for a company, um, which is a, a real mentality shift from I've been here a really long time, so I'm your boss. Um, it, it's a huge age range. So what works for somebody at the bottom end might not work for somebody at the top end. So it's about trying to think about what makes a workplace more attractive for everybody working in it. But considering those particularly millennial traits like communication, digital, um, making sure that that collaboration's there as part of the culture um, and fundamentally giving them a job in which they can make a difference um, to fill that middle management gap that we're seeing in logistics at the moment. So it's kind of trying to move the times while also, you know, keep the balance yeah, you, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. So um, uh, inevitably, when you start at these conversations, at some point, somebody says flexible working. Um, absolutely no, nothing wrong with flexible working, but in a 24-7 logistics operation, sometimes you need a person in a place at a time and that time has to be fixed mm. what it's more about is saying well are we actually putting in best working practices to allow a level of flexibility rather than flexible working so time off for doctor's appointments dentist appointments um, family leave are all of those things part of of a business and if not is that making you know the addition of that is that they're making it more attractive to a millennial who's less about work-life balance and more about life and mm. that contributing in different ways work and personal so yeah it's it's absolutely not a case of how do we bend over backwards to change everything it's how do we make working practices a little bit more modern to uh, to benefit everybody really i can't think of anybody that would say oh no i don't want that but certainly the uh, you know the age group that's coming into the to the workplace at the moment does have different expectations and talking about moving with the times and like the considerable future do you think that there's a gender disparity when it comes to recruiting or is this changing with the times i think there are well, I know there are definitely fewer women in logistics than in uh, than in other professions, and I know that it's certainly um, well below where our stats would like to be. Um, I sit on the the 
steering committee for a group called Women in Logistics, again, another part of CILT. And we work to connect, engage and inspire women working in logistics to make sure that um, they feel that they can put themselves forward for for board level roles, which is, again, uh, you know, really traditional male environment to make sure that they feel that they've got a network of support if they are only one or two ladies in a particular facet or function of a business. Um, so absolutely more to be done. But pleasingly, we are seeing a really good percentage of ladies coming through onto our undergraduate courses, which is great. Um, I've met some fantastic female apprentices. So the word is getting out that logistics has got something to offer for all genders. Um, but it will take time, of course, until that um, that gender gap gets a little bit gets a little bit closer to to 50 50 and again some of the working practices that we've talked about that will only serve to to support that do we always have to be in the office is there something that can be done around a level of of, of homeworking perhaps for new mums um those returning to work so plenty of new ways of thinking and different ways of looking at it that again will benefit women of course but hopefully will benefit the workplace as an entirety do you think that the the disparity is it just logistics like is there a specific reason why logistics isn't doing as well as other industries or is it just like a industry-wide thing um there's i mean there's there's different professions that that obviously have it the other way around uh teaching nursing both hugely female dominated professions i think logistics at the um at the truck end let's let's take the drivers as a really big example um Mm -hmm. it's it's facilities is one of the biggest challenges if you are um I do know some female truck drivers, although they are few and far between. I think the stats that are 2% perhaps in the UK, um, it might even be less than that, to be honest. Uh, the Road Haulage Association and the Freight Transport Association do some fantastic studies. And yeah, we're never looking at 50%, put it that way. Um, a lot of it is making sure that those facilities are there to be able to feel like it's a job that you would want to do. So staying on drivers take truck stops are they well lit do they have a ladies bathroom does that ladies or or a gender neutral bathroom does that bathroom ladies or gender neutral have facilities for ladies who are on their period if not how can you know how how are you supposed to be out on the road can you get healthy meals and i'm not saying that's a particularly female trait but um, you know, without the augmentation of those services, it just becomes at worst a job that, uh, sorry, at best a job that you don't necessarily want to do, at worst an unsafe job to do if you're, you know, 24 hour um, operation and you're driving at night and you've not got somewhere well lit to be and safe to be. So I think there's there's the kind of health and safety considerations of, of the profession there's the fact that um, it, it has historically been a, uh, a male orientated environment, in which case that then becomes the norm. So, uh, you know, that takes a little bit of, of, of uh, a mindset change, which is what women in logistics is trying to do. And because, as, as we've talked about, it, it is often a 24-7 operation 
there hasn't always been the flexibility for um, new mums perhaps to return to work on more flexible contracts. That is absolutely changing, but we've got a long way to go before we are perhaps considered a profession of choice um, to be able to get us to, to more ladies working in logistics. It's interesting that you were talking about how like there's certain things that aren't set up for women like you said about like if some women are on the periods there isn't sort of the like a, like a bathroom for them to use exactly yeah and i guess nobody really thinks about that it's usually just the oh well they don't want to do this particular job but actually when everything's stacked up against you it's kind of like you don't want <laughs> the industry doesn't want you to be part of that well, one. That's and, not the yeah, case. We have we have a huge driver shortage. Um, I'm just looking at the RHA, which is the Road Haulage Association. RHA stats: women comprise of less than eight percent of the transport and logistics workforce. Less than two percent of HGV drivers are women. So that said, transport needs to employ over a million more people by 2020. Where are we going to get them from? Um, you know, yeah. by, by not making it attractive profession to women, we are ruling out um, half of the uh, potential talent pool. I think we, we don't always think about what we don't experience. So if some mm. of these, um, I'll take accessibility as a good example, if there are no people who experience um you know need to have their accessibility needs met on a town planning uh panel why would anybody think about accessibility if that's not what they've been encouraged to do you know we we have come out of a very male orientated profession a lot of our senior people are chaps so if we're looking at policy decisions or practical operational decisions there isn't necessarily um, a chap that's saying, well, have we considered um, the needs of menstruating women? Possibly not. <laughs> I, I mean, we are getting there. We are, you know, that's, that's um, not, me, not me being rude and saying that we don't have some more enlightened uh, people of all genders in the profession. But historically, that may be where this has come from. And then, of course, that's meant it's, it's not necessarily an, an attractive an attractive profession um yeah there's there's lots of lots of ways in which we can make it better for people of all ages genders ethnicities um etc etc but it requires a diverse team to get together and look at what some of the barriers are at the moment of course yeah like like you said like people are changing and it's not just this industry it's loads of different it's just society in general i would imagine yeah, it's um catching up on itself <laughs> um and speaking of like so, again like pushing forward a few more years i guess my last question for you would be where do you see the industry in five years time that is really exciting and the most exciting thing about it is we just don't know um, so I'm recruiting students at the moment for next year's entry who will have jobs that we haven't even thought about yet. Um, and that is hugely exciting. That makes logistics a great place to work. We're definitely seeing, of course, you know, again, a, a popular media story, which um, uh, hashtag Gatwick, 
we're seeing the drone technology, um, which has good good <laughs> applications too. Uh, you know, we're seeing some fantastic stuff inside of warehouses as well. It's not necessarily all about um, drone delivery. That is definitely exciting. But things like using drones in warehouses um, as uh, the eyes and, and even ears in some cases, uh, taking people out of of that environment means you don't need to have lights on. How much of an energy saver is that? I mean, from a sustainability perspective, we're really starting to hit some great targets. It's the innovation around all of this that allows logistics to be so exciting, fast paced, that pace of change is amazing. Um, and I think as we move towards more uh, automated driving, automated warehousing, uh, driverless trucks potentially, drone delivery, and, and, and. The possibilities are endless with new technology. We're going to see more highly skilled individuals choosing logistics as a preferred profession. We need them to be dealing with the uh, the technical side of things, um, the planning side of things as well, of course. And that represents a really exciting opportunity for our young people who are looking to start their careers. Um, so, yeah, I guess short answer, more automation, but uh, who, who knows? And that's, that's both very terrifying in some cases when we're trying to make sure our teaching's really relevant, um, but, uh, but absolutely uh, a really valuable thing for a young person to be hearing that, uh, that they get to shape the future. So you think that disruptive technology is a good thing pushing forward? Yes. Yes. I think there are definitely some challenges. I am coming at it from the graduate end of things. Um, and that is exciting. I imagine it is less exciting if you are um, working in a warehouse and potentially feel that you may be replaced by robotic technology um so i don't uh, don't take anything away from the fact we've definitely got challenges and there will be people for whom that challenge is exceptionally acute um and possibly represents a threat to to the job that that they may have been doing for a long time um but in terms of inspiring young people to come into the profession which is what my my uh my raison d'etre is it's it is a good thing and it's starting to get logistics looked at very differently. We've gone, or we're starting to go away a little bit from the, uh, the Ginster's pasty in a shell service station to, um, you know, <laughs> uh, a fast paced world of, of what might it look like. And that challenge to a young person to get to shape that future is um, exactly what our young people want to be getting their teeth into. So, yeah, like you said, like, so it's now in the face of futurism. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's really exciting, and I'm glad that we had you on to talk about it, and the the job you're doing to get people excited and involved is amazing. Um, yeah, so thank you. Uh, unfortunately, though, that's all we have time for this week. Uh, thank you, Bethany, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Where can people find you online to discuss these matters further? I would recommend heading to either the Novus website, which is www.novus.uk.com, N-O-U, 
I can't even spell my own company name there. Can you tell? Long night. <laughs> N-O-V-U-S. N-O-V-U-S. Novus means new and exciting, I'm told in Latin. Um, or you can find me on social media. Something that I definitely can spell is my surname. So if you put Bethany Favarg, F-O-V-A-R-G-U-E, you will definitely get me. Um, and there's not very many of us about. So <laughs> you should definitely be able to find me. And as you can tell, it's a subject that I'm happy to talk about at length. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, thank you. Um, as always, we want to thank both the University of Northampton's List Institute and Societal for helping create this podcast. You can find them on Twitter. Societal is at societal underscore, and the uni is at uni for logistics, as well as Facebook and LinkedIn. To find out more about us via our website, go to www.societal.org.uk. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon.